0: Hello and welcome to another edition of What's Next Dentistry. This is Dr. Mark Sivers from Boston. Thanks for joining our podcast. We'd like to recognize the generous sponsorship of LATO for this podcast. Check them out and see how they can help you with your practice. LATO, great results, experiences, and return on investment. In this episode, we'd like to tackle some of the issues that I think we're all facing in our dental practices now, and that is what we're hearing we should think about what we're seeing, and there might even be some things that we're not hearing and we're not seeing. As many of us know, we have these dental practices. Patients come on day in and day out. They come for their treatment, they come for their hygiene, they come for their recare appointments, and then they leave again. I'd like to use the analogy of a dental practice being that of a house. There is a uh, home where the actual physical plant of the dental practice is structured. There's a front door where patients enter, and there is a back door where patients exit. Now, some of you might say, Mark, hey, my patients enter and exit from the same door. I understand that. That was the case in my practice as well. But for this analogy, we're going to say patients enter in one door and exit out of another. So. We focus a lot and we hear a lot of people talk about, well, you've got to get more and more new patients in. And I agree with that. I think that's really important. It's very helpful for growing and building and developing your practice. And we also need to think about what's happening to those patients while they're inside of the practice. But I'd like to stop for just a moment and I'd like to focus on the back door. I'd like to focus where patients can exit. Now, we all know patients can exit and leave the practice for many different reasons. Number one, they've just finished their appointment or they've just finished their hygiene or they've just finished their checkup and they have another appointment scheduled and they leave to go about their business. That is the ideal situation and the ideal scenario. And that's what we want to have happen for every single appointment. So that means there's a whole level of systems and processes that we need to put in place so that every patient, before they leave our practice, they have an appointment scheduled and they will be coming back in. Now, I'd like to spend some time talking about those appointments that aren't made. So for example, some of us have people that will just say, look, I'm gonna have my secretary call you or I'm gonna have my wife call you or I'll call you When we get closer, just send me a reminder card. And those are the patients that often slip through the cracks. We also have patients, as we all know, that will schedule an appointment, but then will cancel as soon as they leave, or they'll cancel a month ahead of time, or they'll cancel a week ahead of time. At some point, they're going to cancel. And those are the ones where we need to have a system in place so that we are going after them and encouraging them to return, and that they are on a list and part of a system of reintegrating them back into the practice for recare or retreatment or whatever it may be that they require at that point in time. There's also a third group of patients that will refuse to schedule, that when we reach out to them, they don't schedule, and that when we re-reach out to them, they don't schedule. So my practice was in downtown Boston. It was right next door to the Massachusetts General Hospital. And for whatever reason, we had a very large number of physicians that came in from the hospital. They often fit into this third category. They were super busy. They didn't ask their assistant to schedule their dental appointments because that was personal matter. They didn't ask their spouse to get involved because either they weren't married or that wasn't something their spouse did. And they were so busy that they would just kind of blow us off, blow us off, blow us off, and blow us off. Some of these patients I actually knew socially or I would see at meetings and I'd have interactions with them. And I would ask them one or two or three or four years later after I had seen them what was going on with their dental health. And they would look at me and they would say, well, I'm still a patient of yours. I still come to your office. And I say, well, that's great. We'd love to see you. So what I'm alluding to is in the mind of the patient they were still an active patient and yet our system was such that after a year or two or three they would be disactivated or they would be no longer contacted and so what I wanted to talk about is about these patients how to manage these and what's important to do and these patients that as I've alluded to exit your practice. They're walking out the back door, and there may or may not be a robust system to reach out to them, to re-engage them, and to reactivate them back into the practice for treatment. One of the things that we did is we actually came up with a whole three-year system, and it started out that on Day one, if they didn't have an appointment, they were going to be put on a list, and we would reach out to them in the next two or three days to get them scheduled. We would then reach out to them again if they didn't schedule that outreach, and about a week or so later after that, we would reach out to them a second time and we would reach out to them on week three similarly, and we'd reach out to them on week four. And if they were still resistant, then they would be put on a monthly outreach list. And we would do that for 12 months, and then we would put them on a quarterly outreach list, and then that would move to a biannual outreach list. And once we got them out to year three, we would just send them out an email once a quarter and that would um, be a way of engaging them. Now, people are gonna disagree with me and say, well, I think it should be at a certain interval in the first month, and then it should change to a different interval the second month, and the second year, and the third year, and we can all discuss about exactly how that should be fine-tuned. What I want to ask, and what I'm proposing, is do you have a documented system with someone assigned to that system with accountability from you or a team leader for the person over that system. I'm not so concerned exactly what that system is. It could be emails or texts or it could be letters or it could be phone calls or a combination of all of the four. But is there a system and is there a person assigned to that system? And my sense is people could walk into your office And it would be very challenging to find an actual notebook with a system written out with pictures outlining that system so that my daughter or your daughter or somebody else's daughter or son could walk in and not know anything about dentistry, but be able to sit down, read the book and walk through the pictures and know exactly how to do that job and to make that system function. I suspect that if your office was similar to mine, it does not have that. And so we wonder, how is it that these patients walk out of our practice and never come back? Or we did, as I outlined with my physician clients, would see them three or four years later, not having seen them, the patient is still thinking they're active, but I'm thinking they've left the practice. And so having a system in place... That enables this is how we close the back door and how we keep patients in the practice and how we decrease the overhead on getting these patients back in time and time and time again. So let's just recapitulate here. We have a system in place. It is written up. It has photographs to outline exactly what needs to be done. And anybody without dental training could sit down at this notebook and they could open it up and between reading the pictures and reading the text, they would know exactly how to perform the tasks and how to keep this system up and running. If you have done that and that is in place, my sense is you're listening to this podcast saying, Mark, why aren't you telling me something new? And you don't have problems with patients leaving your practice. I also suspect based on my experience that many of you do have problems and don't have this system in place and that this system is how you solve those problems. So go home, put the system in place, figure out with your team. Better yet, instead of you putting the system in place, delegate it to a team leader and have a team leader then be the person overseeing it and have that team leader delegate it to a team member whose responsibility is to make this system work. Now, some of you might say, well, my hygienists are maxed out, my assistants are maxed out, my business team members are maxed out. And if that's the case, this is a great job to turn over to someone that doesn't cost a lot of money, has no experience in dentistry, but actually has a very strong ability to follow through with projects and is task-oriented and is detail-oriented. Many of you have used the Colby Evaluation, spelled K-O-L-B-E, Evaluation, to determine in your interview process or with your existing team who has the ability to follow through with tasks, who is detail-oriented. And once you've done the Colby Evaluation on someone, you can quickly tell who is going to be the best person to do this. And so the Colby is a great way of identifying this person, and you may not be interested in being such a strong follow-through with tasks, and you might not be so uh, attentive to detail. Or you might be, but this is a great way to identify those people. You can get the test by going to www.kolbe.com. It costs $50 per person. It's well worth the $50. It saves you a lot of time and aggravation. And it also helps you understand, wow, this person might be very different from me or some of my other team members, but they are very good at following through on things. They are detail oriented. They are creating checklists to get things done. And it makes it much easier to, if you will, tolerate being with someone and having them on your team, knowing that their specialty is doing those types of things. So I hope this is helpful. I hope this has been a great tip. I hope that you'll go now and look at your practice and come up with ways of closing that back door. That way, once you take off the napkin, they realize, hey, I can think about other things. I'm on my way out the door. This is great. For those patients that say, you need to reach out to my assistant or my spouse, great. The same day, reach out to them and schedule that appointment. But for those patients that say, don't call me, I'll call you and Six months later, they still haven't come, have this system in place so that that first week after they leave your practice without an appointment, you're reaching out to them. And that there's a very clear method using phone calls or emails or texts or letters or postcards or a combination of all of them. And I would actually encourage you to sit down with your team and ask them what they think and to use a combination of all of the the above try it out, see how it works, and then fine-tune it as necessary. Thanks for joining this podcast. We look forward to hearing you in future episodes. Thanks again.